If you'll join me in turning in your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 9. Let's continue our worship and prayer. Father, we're grateful to have so many wonderful truths to sing about. We're thankful for instrumentation that complements singing and for words that articulate the praises of our soul. We're thankful for the Spirit of God who helps us to sing with understanding. But we're thankful for the one whom we're singing about, you and your Son and your Spirit, the glorious gospel message that has rescued us from our sin from doom, peril, condemnation, from a life of miserable hopelessness, you've redeemed us. You've called us by your grace out of the world. You've placed us into your body, the body of Christ. In this we rejoice. Father, help us as we continue to worship you in your word that you would draw our attention to yourself and to your son. Empower us by your spirit. Enlighten us by your spirit. Help us to humble ourselves by your spirit that you might through us accomplish your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes we ask people how things are going and they respond with a phrase like, same old, same old, or other less appropriate variations thereof. This reflects a lack of understanding, a lack of understanding. When we live our lives only in light of our small little world, we are missing the greater purposes for which we have been called out. We feel our wants, ponder our needs, and we grumble about our pain. We go through the motions concerning our daily, weekly, and monthly grind, and our fervor seems to diminish. On the other hand, when we recognize that we have been created and saved for a greater purpose, we can begin to live our lives with passion, real fervor, passion that is unending. We can live realizing that our every response to every trial our every thanksgiving for every blessing and our fulfilling of all our menial tasks all point to someone better than ourselves. As we yield our lives to the Spirit of God, and to the word of God, 
God allows us, God allows us to reflect the light of Jesus Christ. A light that may otherwise be unseen. We're in John chapter 9, and this morning we want to consider the fact that Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. We're going to read the context of Jesus making that proclamation. We are not going to focus on the context. We're going to focus on the one verse, verse 5. But I want to read the context for our benefit. Verse 1 of John chapter 9. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned? this man or his parents, that he was born blind. Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. In other words, that's not the reason for his blindness, not that they never sinned, but that's not why he's blind. But that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Blind? Saliva in the mud, mud on the eye, walk to the pool of Siloam, wash, came back seeing. Therefore the neighbors of those who previously had seen that he was, born, was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, Oh, he is like him. He said, I am he. That's me. I was blind. Verse 10, therefore they said to him, how were your eyes opened? He answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. I don't know. You know the rest of the story, right? The, the Pharisees get involved and they're like, you know, you know he didn't do this because he's a sinner. The sinners can't give, give a sight. So they call the parents, and the parents come over and say, yeah, this is our son. He was born blind. But if you want to know how he sees, you need to ask him. He's of age. Ask him. And the guy says, well, I already told you. Why do you want to hear me tell you again? I told you that he came. He put saliva in the, the, the mud. He made some clay. He stuck it on my eyes. He told me to go to the pool of Siloam. I washed, came back. I could see. I don't know. And they said, what do you think he is? Oh, he's a prophet. He's a prophet. But the Pharisees wanted none of this. The long and the short of it is, Jesus gives sight, or Jesus gives light. The reason he can give light is because he is light. Jesus is the light of the world. And this morning we want to consider this. We want to consider him 
and its implications toward us. First of all, Jesus is light. He says in verse 5, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, there are a couple of truths that this is bringing forth. Slightly hidden in one respect and pretty obvious in another. First of all, he's letting us know that he's more than just a guy. He's letting us know he's more than just a man. More than just a teacher. More than just a prophet. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And without going into great detail, it is in some ways a little foretaste of him saying, I am God in fact. The Bible tells us in the book of 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5, God is light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Take a look at John chapter 1. You're in chapter 9 right now. Take a look back at John 1. We read it in our opening. We're actually going to come back to John 1 again later in our, our consideration. As the gospel of John opens up, one of the things that we are, is very obvious is God is proving in the gospel of John that Jesus is not just a man. He is God. We have seven I am statements, eight if you count him just saying I am, he, or I am. Eight statements or seven specific statements. There are seven sign miracles that Jesus demonstrates in the Gospel of John. But without even getting to any of that, the Gospel of John starts off by saying he was in the beginning with God and he made everything. Well, everyone knows what Genesis 1.1 says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So this book is so clear in its defense of Jesus' divinity, the fact that Jesus is God. Look at verse 4 and following. In him, in Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines, where? In the darkness. And what happens? The darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. He came to bear witness of the light, that all, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, Jesus, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were not born, excuse me, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We want to make it so that everyone has their own way and they can lead their own destiny and everything is about them and their choices and everything else. And God says, no, people are born when I say you're born. You're born when I say you're born. Not born of flesh. Not even the will of the flesh. But born of God. Jesus is the true light, it says in verse. Where did it go? Help me. 
Thank you. Verse 9. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. So Jesus is the true light. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, in a glorious introduction to the book, one of the descriptors of Jesus is that he is the radiance of the glory of God. He is the radiance of the glory of God. So as we consider this, as we think through Jesus saying, I am the light of the world, it first must draw our attention to who he is intrinsically as the God of the universe. Jesus, as the light of the world, is God. But, drawing our attention back to 1 John chapter 1 again, it says, God is light and in him is what? No darkness at all. All. So we have another implication of this light, the fact that Jesus is the light of the world, and that is that he is completely pure, holy, and righteous. Darkness and light do not relate well together. Where the light comes, it scatters the darkness. Very important to understand this. The fact that Jesus is light certainly can reference the purity of his character, the holiness of his nature, and the righteousness of of his deeds. Jesus is light. But not only do we want to notice that, we want to notice something else. Jesus gives light. Jesus gives light. And I want you to take a mental tour through the scriptures with me. One place we will turn, others we're just going to refer to in John chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, and Hebrews chapter 1, the Bible makes it very clear, and I already made a reference to the fact that Jesus is the creator. You can't wriggle out of it. You can try to twist the language to say something different, but in John 1, Colossians 1, and Hebrews chapter 1, you cannot leave those passages in any integrity and honesty without coming to the conclusion that Jesus is the creator. And Genesis 1 conveys the fact, and it runs us through the seven days of creation, the seventh being a resting day, the seven days of creation, where Jesus speaks the world into existence. You'll remember one of the phrases he uses in the creation week. You'll remember this, ready? Let there be light. What's the rest of the verse say? And there was light. Jesus gives light. He gives light. In John chapter 9, we see Jesus providing physical light in the form of sight to a man born blind. As the creator and source of light, it makes perfect sense that he's able to do this. Now I want to take a, a tour to the end of the scriptures now. If you'll turn with me, please. We're going to come back to John 1, so you want to hold something there. John 1. But we're going to turn to Revelation 21 for a moment. The glory of Jesus, the radiance of Jesus, the light of Jesus. You ready for this? This should bring a smile to your face if you know Jesus as your Savior. The radiance, glory, and light of Jesus will light eternity. And Jesus is just giving us a little glimpse in John chapter 9 by saying, I am the light of the world well, he speaks light into the world. And he can, he can take a person who has no light and give them sight so they can see 
light. He gives light. But notice this. From creation to consummation, Jesus is the one who provides light in every context. Take a look in Revelation 21, beginning in verse 22. Speaking about this glorious future we have. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord uh, Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. The nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gate shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means enter into it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. But only those who are written in the Lamb's book. Of life. Look at chapter 22 now in verse 5. It says, There shall be no night there. They need no lamp, nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. From creation to consummation, Jesus gives light, both physical, let there be light and there was light. Open your eyes and you can see. And, and spiritual. Back to John chapter 1. Jesus gives light. Not just physical light, but spiritual light. Back to John chapter 1. The light is broadcast. It goes forth. In fact, it says it lightens everyone who comes into the world. So the light is broadcast. But many prefer darkness. As I would have. Did you hear that? The light is broadcast. But many prefer darkness. As I would have. But thanks be to God. He scatters the darkness. For those who would be his children. Again verse 9. That speaking of Jesus. He was the true light. Which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as receive him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who understand who he is, who believe in the fact that he is the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is God and and Savior and, and Messiah. Verse 13, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Jesus gives both physical and spiritual light. I am the light of the world. This is what Jesus said. To understand this, we have to understand something of his nature. He is God, and he is spotless. I am the light of the world. To to understand this, we must know that he is the, the source and origin of both physical and spiritual light, and he is the the end unto which that light is to bring glory. And to really understand this a little more, we must understand that he gives that spiritual light. He unveils not just physical blindness, but spiritual blindness as well. If we could only heal people's physical blindness, it would help them for just so many years. 
When Jesus heals someone's spiritual blindness, it is an eternal healing. That's real, friends. Jesus gives light. As we come toward the close of our consideration this morning, there's a third truth we want to notice here. It's this. Jesus' light is still in the world. Jesus' light is still in the world. In John chapter 9, that's where we started, and that's where we're going to head back to you if you have your Bibles. John 9, I'm going to read verse 5 one more time. And now we're going to pay attention to the beginning of the verse. John 9 and verse 5. He says, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Well, so let's think about this for a moment. We know the biblical account. Jesus was crucified. He was buried. He was in the tomb for parts of three days while he went and preached to souls in paradise. On the third day, we rejoice, up from the grave he arose. He spent 40 days appearing to numerous people, demonstrating many infallible proofs, seen by over 500 at one time. But we also notice that something else happened. He ascended up on high. He ascended up on high. He ascended, and he sits at the right hand of the majesty on high. As long as I am the world, I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Well, he left. So what are we, lightless? We are not lightless. We are not lightless. God has given to us, Jesus has given to us, two sources of Jesus' light. First of all, the word of God. Secondly, his people. Jesus said, I am the light of the world as long as I'm in the world. And he left. And yet, his light still remains in the world in the form of the word of God and the people of God. The Bible says in Philippians, excuse me, Psalm 119.105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. You'll remember in Psalm 19, the Bible says that the word of God enlightens thee eyes it brings forth light take a look at Matthew chapter 5 for a moment I want us to notice that Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 hints at the importance of the ministry of his followers Jesus in this passage hints at the importance of the ministry of his followers now this circles back to how we started we go through and we have pain and we have sorrow, we have sickness, we have death, we have financial woe, we have difficulties, we have monotony of days. Trials and temptations, joys and successes, we have all these things that go on and they kind of blend together into a hodgepodge that makes up our life. And if we're not careful, friends, we get caught up in the monotony of it and we just kind of go into autopilot. As if nothing I do really makes that much of a difference to anybody else. You know what? I'm going to try to I'll be a little crass. I'm not trying to be crass. Jesus kicks that theory in the face. 
He says, that is hogwash. In Matthew 5, beginning in verse 14, it's a very familiar passage. You've probably memorized it. I want for us to understand how this impacts my everyday walk. When I wake up, get in the word, brush my teeth, take a shower, put my clothes on, do my hair. If you put on makeup, whatever it is, get yourself ready for the day. You go off to work. You're on the street. You're in the office. You're doing your work. You're on the phone. You come home. You're making dinner. You're cleaning up after dinner. You're going. The next thing, I want it to see how this passage impacts every moment of your life. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And here Jesus says to his followers, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Listen, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And what do they do? Glorify your Father who is in heaven. Glorify your Father. Why is it that they don't glorify you? Because they know that this is not of this earth. We like to tell everyone how great we are and all the things we've accomplished. We want everyone to know just how great of a guy we are, how great of a girl we are. Tell them all the things we did and how we ministered to this one and that one and the other one. Guess what? They're going to say, hey, boy." Let them see the light. And you know what they'll say? God, you're awesome! That's what they'll say because they'll know it's a work of God and not just of a swell chap. Your day-to-day monotony of life is so connected to Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. A little further to to drive the point home, take a look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. As you're turning, just meditate on this very simple, it's not profound in any way, statement. Those whom God has saved continue Jesus' ministry on the earth. Those whom God has saved continue Jesus' ministry on the earth. Ah, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Just a a little thought here, folks. There's a reason why the Spirit of God told us that the church is the body of Christ and that Christ is her head. Because we are a demonstration, a manifestation of Jesus on the earth. Not just when we're together, though that is when it is most visible. When we depart, we go forth as that light. Here in Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 12, God's word says this. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Now he uses the word that. The word that is a purpose word. 
He says, stop complaining so that. Stop fighting so that. Stop being so abrasive and obstinate and irritable and frowny so that, verse 15, you may become blameless and harmless. Children without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Listen. Will you read the rest with me of verse 15? Among whom you shine as lights in the world. Keep your complaining face off and you can be a light. What kind of light? The light of Christ. How is this going to happen? Oh, I'll just, I'll, I'll just keep my mouth shut. Verses 12 and 13 give us the key to that. It says that God wants us to work to the outside. His salvation. Don't worry. Not even that's you. For he works in you both to will, desire, will, and to do his good pleasure. So what he's saying is let God do his work in you. It will demonstrate itself on the, in the not complaining department and the not fighting department and not being the crabbiest guy in the, on the block department. And then you'll be a light. Verse 16. Holding fast the word of life. Two ways you can take this. It can be like this, just kind of for, for the sake of imagery. Holding fast the word of life. Clinging to the word of life. It can be like this. Clinging to the word of life. Or it can be holding forth the word of life. Holding it forth so people can see it. Holding it forth so that the light that lightens every man can be displayed. Hold it forth so people can see the light of Christ. Holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. As we hold to the word of Christ, as we allow his presence to fill us, we continue his demonstration of light. Everything we do every day matters. Everything we do every day matters. We are not living our lives as unto ourselves. We live to portray his glory. Is Jesus physically in this world? No, his, his presence, his, his physical presence is in the heavens at the right hand of God the Father. Has his light departed? No. While we could never restore the sight of a man born blind. I'd like to. I'd like to do that for them. I can't. We could never restore the sight of a man born blind. We have something much more significant to offer them. The light of the gospel gives spiritual sight that leads to spiritual life and an eternal place with God. The light of the gospel gives spiritual light that leads to spiritual life 
and an eternal place with God. Do you have that eternal life in you, friend? Has God given you that light and thus that life? Are you sure of your place in heaven? If you are sure of your place in heaven, you have much to rejoice in. A God who called you to himself, who gave you light through his son. Believer, Jesus is the light of the world. And he wants to shine through you. Every day, all day. Let's pray together. Father, we are humbled by these truths. We're humbled by the responsibility we have to yield to you and thus demonstrate your light. We're humbled at your great willingness to save a wretch like me. We're humbled that we have the privilege of being a manifestation, a declaration of Jesus and his light here and now. Use us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.